Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to another episode of the X Factor Sports Podcast. It's your host, Jay Mondane. Glad to have y'all in the night. We have a very, very special episode tonight. It is all football focused. We are going into the NFL playoffs. So sit tight. We got a nice, long, great show for y'all for sure. Glad y'all can tune in. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. So thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and also follow on all platforms so you can get all of the exclusive content that comes out throughout the week, clips of all the takes, and make sure if you are subscribed to YouTube that you make sure you tell everybody to do the same. You'll get all the episodes, all right? Again, great show. Before we get into the NFL special, dive deep into that, we're going to get into some quick news. So what we had going on this week, congratulations to Michigan Wolverines win the national championship against Washington on Monday night. Their first solo national championship since like the 1940s. They, they shared a national championship with Nebraska back in 1997. Charles Woodson, those days, you know, Heisman Trophy winner. I remember those days. A lot of my younger viewers probably don't. But Michigan gets one on their own, undefeated, 15-0. Great season. If you watched last week, I gave you all my prediction of who I thought was going to win this game and why. And it came to fruition. Michigan wins a blowout fashion, 34 to 13, and defense and running game. That's that's what did it. I mean, congrats to Jim Harbaugh and that defense. They ran the ball all over the place, which I've told y'all, I felt like Washington was going to struggle with the run game because they did in the national semifinal against Texas. Even though they won that game, obviously, they led the whole game. But Texas was able to run the ball all over the field on them. Washington just kind of got out to a big lead, and Texas was trying to catch up. With Michigan, though, Michigan might have the best running back in America in Blake Corum. They got a one-two punch. They had two running backs rush for over 100 yards. Each of them got at least one touchdown. I think Blake Corum had three of them, and he was offensive player of the game. In the defense, I mean, Washington – averages over 30 points a game and got held to one touchdown and two field goals. So defense and running game still is a big factor in football and, and Michigan proved it. And they had something to prove. I said all season long, they were on a mission. Even on my end, if you remember last season, we did the power rankings for college football. I had Michigan like knife at the beginning of the college football power rankings just because they hadn't played anybody yet. And they were blowing teams out, good defense. They hadn't gotten a conference play in the beginning of the power rankings, but that's why we had them every month. They climbed the ladder. I think they got as high as number two on the power rankings before the playoff because Georgia was number one until they lost an SEC title game. Nevertheless, Michigan showed and proved they beat everybody in front of them which is what you need to do to win a national title these days, go undefeated. It's starting to happen more often now, which is crazy. I remember when Joe Burrow did it. I remember when Jameis Winston did it almost 10 years ago, which is crazy to think. Um, Georgia did it back-to-back -back years, and now Michigan. So it's just 
becoming a thing. Like if you win the national championship, you probably beat everybody. So congrats to them for winning the national championship. Congrats to Jim Harbaugh. If you heard his interview, he said he could sit at the big kid table now because his dad won a national championship with Western Kentucky as a coach. John Harbaugh, his brother, beat him in a, in a Super Bowl for the Ravens when he was a coach of the 49ers. Now he finally got himself a championship. So it was a good day for the Harbaugh's in, in Michigan. Also, breaking news today, if you've been paying attention, a couple hours ago, uh, Nick Saban, the greatest football college coach of all time, retired today. Surprising probably everybody except the Saban family, probably even some of his players. But Nick Saban retires from football, 72 years old. I mean, I feel he probably feels like he accomplished more than he ever thought he could. Seven national championships, six of them at Alabama in 17 years. I mean, you can literally tell players when you're recruiting them, like, if you stay to at least your junior year, you're going to get a national championship. He won, a, he won on an average almost every three years. More than every three years, you get a national title at Alabama. So rightfully so, he should get a statue next to Bear Bryant in Alabama as the greatest coach ever. Um, definitely the greatest coach in SEC. And he'll obviously be missed, but, you know, another great coach retires. And, I mean, 17 years, six national titles in, in, in this sport, as competitive as it is, I think he's passing the torch on to guys like Kirby Smart in Georgia. You got, you know, coaches, maybe Jim Harbaugh stays. You know, you got a coach at Washington. You got Oregon's coach who came from Georgia. So you got a lot of young up-and-coming coaches. You got coaches that have already won national titles on Nick Saban's watch. So it'll be interesting to see what the college football landscape looks like with Nick Saban gone. And who will be the coach? Who is the successor to Nick Saban at Alabama? So we'll wait and see about that. All right. Now let's get to college basketball. Caitlin, let's talk about the ladies first. Caitlin Clark, talking about greatest coaches of all time. Caitlin Clark out of Iowa might be the greatest women's basketball player we've ever seen. I mean, y'all see what Caitlin Clark does. Triple-double anytime she wants. If you need 30, she's going to get you a 30 ball. Hitting half-court shots, game winners. Like, she does everything for the Iowa Hawkeyes. She's less than 300 points away from being the all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball. I think she's going to pick that real quick. <laughs> Definitely by the end of the season. So, uh, Caitlin Clark, you know, keep doing your thing. She's on all these commercials now. She's going to be the number one pick in the draft next year. Sure, she'll probably win rookie of the year. Usually how it goes in the WNBA, the best college women's player goes on to the WNBA and they automatically win that rookie of the year. So I'm excited to see her pass. Kelsey Plum, Kelsey Plum played in Washington when she was in college. She's in the WNBA now. Two WNBA titles with Vegas. I think Caitlin Clark is up next. So congrats to her on that. Now on the side. A lot more parity on the men's side. Who is the best team in America in college basketball on the men's side? So now in college basketball, because we're we're past the holiday, we're into the second semester, we're into January. 
this is where I think college basketball is worth talking about. <laughs> I mean, say what you want. I know there's a lot of college basketball fans. They love it. The rankings really don't mean anything to me until now, right? Now we're in conference play. You got to play against some teams that know who you are. You got to play true road games. You're not playing Northwest Technical College. You got to play some real schools. And with that, you see the number one and number two fall last night, right? Exactly. Conference play. Houston goes to Iowa. Probably never played in Iowa before. And they see that Hilton Magic. They get beat. They were the number two team in the country. Got a lot of votes to be number one. They lose to Iowa State in the conference game. And then Purdue. Do loses going to Nebraska. Freddie Hoiberg gets a win on them in Nebraska. Zach Eady had a bad game, foul trouble, all that. But Nebraska balled out. So you get the top two teams in America lose. So who is the best team in America? Is it KU? Is it still Houston or Purdue? Is it Arizona, even though they stumbled and lost a couple games? Is it UConn? Like, you got a lot of good teams in America right now, playing good basketball. UNC is playing good. Now they're in conference play. Duke won a, a good road game last night with only three losses. So everything's going to start coming into shape now with college basketball. And we're going to do a college basketball power ranking for you guys here in a couple of weeks once NFL is done, just so you guys know where we stand here on the X Factor Sports Podcast before March Madness. All right. So let's get into it with the NBA. We got quick news there. We got some tough injuries. We're in the dog days of the NBA season. And so everybody's just kind of looking forward to the all-star break in February. So we got to deal with these games in January. I feel bad for John Morant. Torres Labrum, he's out for the season after just nine games of being back off a 25-game suspension. Man. This kid had a tough summer. Obviously, we all know what happened on social media. We don't have to revisit it. He served his 25-game suspension, was ready to come back, actually was playing good basketball. Grizzlies were winning big games. He had a game winner in his first game. Uh, the team was excited. They were rallying around him. Then he tears his labrum in practice. Damn. So, honestly, I think the Grizzlies, I mean, I think with Ja, they might have had a chance to get in the play-in. Now I think all oh, that shot. They need to just go ahead and I'm not going to say tank, but I don't think they're good enough to get in the play-in, especially the way Houston looks now. That young team is actually winning games. Like it's a lot of youngs that are usurping the Memphis Grizzlies. So I just feel bad. I feel for Ja Morant, man. He was ready to come back and play. Hopefully he got some good people around him mentally. I don't know what he's going through right now after battling through not playing for 25 games. You get some success and then you get hurt. Like now you got to sit and watch again for the rest of the season. That's going to be tough, man. Also, we got more injury news. Tyrese Halliburton. If y'all watched the game the other night, this dude was driving to the hole, did a full split. I mean, it didn't look pretty at all. He tore everything. So luckily, it was only a grade one uh, hamstring sprain, so he should be back in a couple weeks. So that's good for Indiana. They did win a big game against Boston anyway. Boston didn't have Tatum. Jalen Brown dropped 40 on him, but they still won. So it'll be interesting to see what Halliburton looks like when he gets back. 
And also, let me show this kid some love. Not just because he's a Duke Blue Devil, a little bit, but let me show him some love anyway. Paulo Bancaro, he needs to start getting some all-star votes, some looks. Coaches need to give him the nod. The all-star game is going back to East versus West. And as far as forwards go in the East, I mean, you got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and I don't know who's after that. I mean, I'm thinking Paulo's got to get the nod. They're the number one. They're the one seed in the division in the Southeast Conference with in the Southeast Division with the Heat in that same division. The Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young, all that, and he's got them playing well. Like Orlando has looked good all season. They stumbled a little bit, but they're winning big games, and it's because of Paulo Bancaro. He leads the team in points, rebounds, and assists. And the, the secret recipe for making your first all-star is stats and winning. And Orlando's doing both. He's doing both. So if I'm voting, I'm giving Paulo Bancaro the nod. He needs to be in the all-star game as a forward. He's one of the best young players, one of the bright, young, up-and-coming stars in the league. So I would say watch out for that. Now, before we get into the segment, of our NFL special. We're going to end it with college bat or college football and Jim Harbaugh. What is next for Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines? He finally won this national title at Michigan for 11 years. I mean, we got scrutiny. We got suspensions. I mean, he served two, three game suspensions in the same season and the team still went undefeated and won a national championship. So, is that a team on a mission? Is that a team having Jim Harbaugh's back? Is that a team that is a reflection of Jim Harbaugh, his toughness? What what will it be? What will it come to? What do we think about Jim Harbaugh? Is he going to the NFL? What is next for him? I personally think that he's gone. I don't think he has anything left to prove in college football. He won everywhere he coached at. Back when he coached at Stanford with Andrew Luck, he won there. He came to Michigan. A lot of coaches kind of gave him the side eye, the way he was recruiting in the beginning. He was on social media. He was taking his team out of the country over the summer, doing training camps. Like He was pulling in a lot of players that were attracted to his culture, to the Michigan Wolverine, you know, the whole aura of Michigan football. And it culminated Monday night with a national championship undefeated. Like I said before in the last episode, when you got a coach that is complaining about, not necessarily complaining, but has some criticisms about the NCAA with the rules, about you know where the state of the NCAA is going. Now we're expanding the college football playoff. This just seems like the perfect time for him to go back to the NFL. Now, where would he go? If you pay attention to the NFL, you know after week 18, there's always this thing they call Black Monday. And Black Monday is basically when play, when coaches get fired. All right. So the Atlanta coach got fired already. Uh, I was surprised to see Mike Vrabel get fired yesterday from Tennessee. So that job is available. You got Derrick Henry over there. Good defense. Young quarterback in Will Levis. Uh, Pete Carroll today just stepped down from Seattle. Long history in Seattle, won a Super Bowl there, went to two of them. 
Maybe we see Jim Harbaugh go back west and go to Seattle. The Raiders, even though the Raiders have a good interim coach in Antonio Pierce, I think they keep him because they don't want to make the same mistake they did with uh, Richard Biscacci. They had him as the interim coach and let him go. This dude went through everything with that Raiders team, Henry Ruggs situation, all that, and still went to the playoffs and they let him go. So I don't think the Raiders want to make the same mistake twice. So I hope Antonio Pierce keeps that job. They take the interim tag off and keep him as a head coach. You got Washington Commanders. They let go of Ron Rivera. But maybe the offensive coordinator will get that job. The enemy will probably get that. We'll see. But I think personally, Jim Harbaugh should look into the L.A. Chargers job. Why should he do that? One, it's in L.A., all right? They're going to back up the Brinks truck to get him, especially leveraging coming off a national championship. He's the most highly sought-out coach in football right now, for sure. Um, he goes back to California. He is back in the NFL where he wants to be. You got Justin Herbert, one of the elite young quarterbacks in the NFL that he can work with. You got a great defense and a team that just underachieved. I think that Brandon Staley lost the locker room last year when they blew that playoff lead to the Jags. Excuse me. I think he lost the locker room then. Should have been fired last year. They let him go through this whole season with that locker room in, in turmoil. And now I think it's time to let Jim Harbaugh step in and change that culture. I think they play hard for him. He obviously knows how to get put together a staff that can do defensive running with Austin Eckler and that great defense that they have, Khalil Mack, Derwin James, Joey Bosa. I think he can make something happen over there in L.A. That's just my guess. You guys let me know what you think. What should Jim Harbaugh do? Should he stay in the NFL or should he stay in NCAA or go to the NFL? And one last point. Before we go to break, I'm going to say it. Nobody else might say it, but I'm going to say it. Will this national championship be tainted? Right? Again, I, I alluded to it earlier. He had two three-game suspensions in the same season. One for the recruiting violation, buying the kid a hamburger. Whether you, whether you believe that these violations were real or not or valid, they happened. All right? In the 15-game season, he missed six games for suspension. And then he missed the three because of the sign stealing. Whether he knew about it or not, it's his program, right? He has to fall on the sword, which he did. Team still won. But are we going to put an asterisk next to this national championship because of the sign stealing? Did he do it this season? Was Michigan caught doing any wrongdoing? Will it come out next year or two years from now that they did some in this season? You guys let me know what you think. Does this national championship, is it valid in your eyes? Do you think it'll stand the test of time or will it be considered tainted and have an asterisk? When we come back, we are going to dive into the NFL playoffs. This whole show is going to be NFL playoffs. All right. We're going to start with the AFC and I'm going to tell you who wins and goes to the Super Bowl from the AFC. We're going through every game. I'm predicting who wins and who goes to the next rounds. 
This is Jay Mondan of the X Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. you love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. This is your host, Jay Mondane. We are in season three, episode five. So be sure to subscribe to YouTube. You catch all of the episodes going all the way back to season one. If you missed them, you can also catch the audio. So we are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. If you can't sit down and watch, you can always listen. So be sure to sign in and, and add me to your playlist. All right. Now let's get into it. The AFC playoffs. All the playoffs start this weekend. We're in wild card weekend. And then obviously it moves to the division round, which by the way, is the best round in football. The division around the best play. It's the best games. I'll do with anybody about it. The division around is the weekend. I love to watch NFL. But we're gonna break down the whole FC playoff for y'all. All right. So starting with the wild card games, you got the Dolphins. The number six seed Dolphins going to Kansas City. All right, I'm going to start there. The Dolphins coming in town is supposed to be zero or negative on the field when they play Saturday night. All right, it's going to be crazy cold. The Chiefs are used to playing in that. They've played in home games, obviously. Mahomes has not played in a road playoff game in his whole career. They're going to be more comfortable than the Dolphins. I don't know how the hell you can be comfortable in negative temperatures, but <laughs> they're going to be they're going to be more comfortable than the visitors, I assure you that. Um and shout out to the fans that's going to that game. I mean, I'm a, I'm going to be watching it real comfortable. I'm, I can't I can't go to that game. Too cold. But Tyreek comes home. So the theme of this playoff, this whole 2023 playoffs is it's a lot of reunions in these playoffs, all right? And I'm going to knock down all of them for y'all. Tyreek Hill comes home, right? The Dolphins finally plays against the Chiefs in Arrowhead. I wonder what type of reception he is going to get when he comes into town. The Dolphins are not healthy. Speaking of Tyreek Hill, the Dolphins, uh, he's got ankle. He's been dealing with an ankle for the last few weeks. They just lost a defensive player in that Bills game, a tough loss. And they lost the division. That's why they are the sixth seed on the road because of that tough loss. I think the Chiefs win a close one at home. I don't have that much faith in the Chiefs offense, but I have that much faith in the pedigree of Mahomes, Kelsey, and Andy Reid. And playing in home playoff games, I think the experience wins. I think the fans do their job, be loud, give them the energy they need to win this game. And it's it's understated that they basically stole a bye week. They won the, they won week 18 against the Chargers, right? But Mahomes didn't play. Kelsey didn't play. 
Isaiah Pacheco didn't play. They was able to get some of their best players to rest for a week. So it was smart on their part to do that and squeak out a win in the record books. And now they are a little bit healthier. I think Kelsey will be a little bit healthier for this game. But I got the Chiefs winning it. I, I just don't think the Dolphins, I think they peaked midseason, like we talked about a couple episodes ago. And I think that it comes to it comes to show on Saturday. Mahomes and the other offensive players stole that bye week, and I think that rest will pay dividends. Winning a division early pays off for the Chiefs in this wild card round. All right. Then we got five versus four. So the Browns go to the Texans. Congratulations to the Texans. First year coach D'Amico Ryans, rookie quarterback, CJ Stroud. They win not only win a division, get a home playoff game in Houston with all the turmoil they went through with the Deshaun Watson saga. It's good to see the Texans in the playoffs and hosting a game. The Browns come in, and I think the Browns in the Cinderella story. I, I got the Browns winning on the road, all right? I got Joe Flacco coming in. Again, experience versus youth. I'm taking the experience. Check out Joe Flacco's record. You can Google it, Wikipedia, whatever you want. But look at his numbers and his record in the playoffs. He just he plays a little bit better. He's got a little Eli Manning feel to him when it comes to playoff football. But I think Miles Garrett's the star of this game. All right. That defense, I think the defense slows down the game. And I think that playing a possession game like this for CJ Stroud is going to be a lot to take in. He's been impressive all year. I just feel like the Browns, this 11 win team is, is good enough to go on the road and win a playoff game. And I think they do it. So Again, Joe Flacco starting for this playoff team, won a title back in 2013 for the Ravens and had a great playoff run. I think we see a little bit of that in Flacco and the Browns get the win on the road. So you can call it an upset because it's five versus four, but I'm going to take the Browns anyway. I think they're probably favored to win this game, so I'm going to go with that. Then we got the third wildcard game in the AFC, the Steelers going to Buffalo. And what, what more can you say about Mike Tomlin, right? This dude, he just does not know the meaning of under 500. <laughs> like, he always finds a way to win more games than he loses every year. And it's crazy because people talk about he should be fired or he should be on a hot seat. It's like, what do y'all? I would kill for a coach like Mike Tomlin <laughs> as a Bears fan. I mean, this dude, he does not. Whatever, whatever team you throw out there, he figures out how to win games. Simple as that. And that's all you want to ask a coach to do is figure out how to win. You can put in backup quarterbacks. You can put in backup defensive players. It don't matter. Rain, sleet, snow, sunshine. This dude just finds ways to win games. He's a great motivator, great coach, great in front of the microphone. His team loves him. Everything you will want in the coach, he's winning. They're not talented enough to get to the next level, but with what he has, he puts it together and they win games. And that's why they make the playoffs. So he might be the best coach in football, arguably, depending on who you ask, depending on what side of the country you're on. If you're in the middle of the country, you're probably team Andy Reid. If you're on the other side, you might be thinking Tomlin. I think it's a pick them, honestly. I think they can both, I think they would both win with the teams they have. Uh, with that being said though, I think they caught Buffalo at the wrong time. You know, even though Mike Tomlin and the Steelers 
won some big games, made it in the playoffs with Mason Rudolph, a quarterback. They're running into the hottest team in football. I mean, let's just call it what it is. The Bills were seven and six, six and six. My bad. They were six and 16. Sean McDermott on the hot seat. They ran off five straight games. And in those five straight games, they beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. They blew out Dallas. And then to win the division, steal the division from the Dolphins, they go to Miami and beat them. So I think they're the hottest team right now in terms of their winning streak. The Ravens are obviously the best team. That's why they're the one seed, and they lost to the Steelers. Nobody played, really. They already had their spot locked at the one. But you can't deny the Bills are peaking at the right time. And that's what you want to be doing in January, and I feel like that's what they are. And I got the Bills winning this game at home. No T.J. Watt for the Steelers. A backup quarterback in Mason Rudolph. And I just think running into the hottest team in Buffalo is bad form for the Steelers. So I got them losing. So now that takes us to the divisional round where we got the four teams left. You got the Browns going to the number one Ravens after their bye. And here we go with another reunion. Joe Flacco comes home to the Ravens where he won a Super Bowl in 2013 and basically got replaced by Lamar Jackson, who will probably win the league MVP this year. So that's the division around. I think the Ravens are too much at home. I believe this will be a tough game because it is one, the division around, but they're two divisional opponents. They've already played each other twice. The Browns actually beat them once. I think it'll be tough, but Ravens at home, I think this is what their focus has been all season is to get home field advantage. Everybody has been looking up at Kansas City for the last four or five years in this conference. And I think everybody was fighting to get that one seed for this reason alone. If they have to see the Chiefs, at least they see the Chiefs in their own home. So with that being said, I think the Ravens win. Lamar looks like he's on a mission. If you watch the games he plays in, you look at the interviews, he's just laser focused. I think they they are thinking of something bigger than just getting out of this second round, out of the division round. And so I got them winning against the Browns. In the second division round game, we got the Chiefs going to Buffalo. And I think this is the end of the road for the Chiefs. Seeing the end of their dynasty or the end of their run, Miss D, give me the middle finger. <laughs> but it is what it is. I'm telling y'all what I think. Based on what I've seen this year, you can't tell me that the Chiefs look like a Super Bowl team. Let's call it what it is. At the end of the day, Chiefs fans are watching. I know a lot of Chiefs fans watch the show. I appreciate y'all. But you can keep it real with me. From what you've seen this year, do they look like a team that is built to win a championship? I don't think so. And like we talked about earlier in the year, Mahomes is going to play in his first road game in the playoffs. And... It's going to be up in Buffalo, and I got Buffalo beating them. The Bills have been waiting three, at least three years for this game. <laughs> they are tired of getting beat by the Chiefs in the playoffs. I think this is the game. I think they finally get them in the division around, and, and the Chiefs go home early. So to get an opportunity to play the Chiefs at home in the playoffs is what they thought about, is what they had circled on their calendar. That's why it was such a big deal when they won in Kansas City. Because if there was an eventual tie break, they get the nod for that two seed, and here we are. This is why 
those regular season games against good teams are important, all right? But Mahomes playing in his first road game, I'm anxious to see what that'll be like in front of Bills Mafia. Yes, he's used to playing against crazy fans, but they're usually his fans rooting for him. So I'm interested to see what happens when you play against a fan base that jumps through tables at the tailgate. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. So I think with the Chiefs' offensive struggles, I think they reared an ugly head in this game in a division round. Uh, just it's going to be hard to have a shootout with these guys. Josh Allen just tends to rise and shine at the biggest moments against the Chiefs. He's the ultimate equalizer. Even if the game is nip and tuck, Josh Allen always finds a way to get a crucial first down, get yards, move the sticks, just keep the possession going if he just doesn't turn the ball over. So I feel like this game is made for him. I think that Josh Allen and the Bills win and they get to an AFC title game, get back to an AFC title game. And they meet the Ravens. So the Ravens, Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson. Lamar gets in his first AFC title game. And I think Lamar Jackson outduels Josh Allen at home in Baltimore. I got Baltimore going to the Super Bowl. I think the Ravens get there. I think they remember in 2019 what happened. They were the top seed. They got upset. I think that's still in the back of their minds. I think that's in the back of John Harbaugh's mind. I think he wants to go back to a Super Bowl with this team. And I think they take advantage. They just seem focused all year. They've took on all challenges. I think I thought their toughest game was going to be the 49ers. I saw the schedule, obviously, early in the year. And I'm thinking, yeah, that game against San Francisco in the Bay, that's going to be tough. And what they did to them and then turned around and gave you an encore for what they did to the Dolphins, it's hard for me to go against them. If they're healthy, I, I just don't see – I see them coming out of the AFC. I, I don't see Buffalo being able to stop them there. So I think John Harbaugh got the team focused. I think the Ravens get back to a Super Bowl, and that's where we're at. So let's recap, all right? Like we said, in the wild card round, we got the Browns beating the Texans. We got the Chiefs. Uh, who's the Chiefs? The Chiefs are beating the Dolphins at home. And then we got the Bills at home as well. And we got the Bills beating the Steelers. Then we get to the divisional round. And we got the Ravens beating the Browns. And then we got the Bills beating the Mighty Chiefs. And then the AFC title game, I got the Ravens over the Bills going to the Super Bowl. All right. You guys let me know what you think, how that will play out. Put your picks in, bet your money, do whatever it is you want to do. That's where the X Factor Sports Podcast is going. At least one half of the X Factor Sports Podcast. Miss D feels differently, but I think we got a good look at what will happen. And I got the Ravens going to the Super Bowl. When we come back, we are going to go to the other side, the NFC, and I'm going to go through all of those teams and tell you who the Ravens will meet in the Super Bowl. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. Season two of the X Factor Sports Podcast is here. Be sure to tune in live every Wednesday night on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok for real unbiased sports talk. Jay Mondane is bringing a fresh new point of view on the sports world. You don't want to miss out. Subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Audio available on Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. The X Factor Sports Podcast. Real talk for real sports fans. Where we at? Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that segment. If you're a fan of the AFC, hopefully it's the pick you thought they were going to be. Maybe not, but that's all good. You can always comment. Let me know what you think. Your comments show up on the screen so everybody can see how you feel. We love to interact with the fans. Be sure to like, share, subscribe. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Okay. Let's get into the NFC. These playoffs, we got the Packers who made the playoffs in the last week. They got a little help. It all worked out. And their reward is to go to Dallas and play in Jerry World against number two Dallas Cowboys. The reunions continue. Mike, Coach Mike McCarthy from Dallas, he plays against the team that fired him a couple years ago, the Green Bay Packers. And I think the Cowboys have been playing great football. If there is a team that is just as hot or close to being as hot as the Buffalo Bills, it's the Cowboys, especially at home. They went undefeated at home this year. They win the division, which nobody thought they would win outside of probably the state of Texas. I know there's Cowboys fans sprinkled all over, but even in the back of their mind, they're like, yeah, the Eagles still the Eagles. But congratulations to them. I didn't think they would win the division, and they did. And now they get a home playoff game throughout at least to the NFC title game. So I got the Cowboys winning this game, okay? Particularly playing at home, they've been great. Can't deny it. CeeDee Lamb has emerged as one of the best wide receivers in the game. If you haven't been watching the Cowboys or looking at the numbers all year, I mean, just go look at CeeDee Lamb's stats. This dude is a touchdown machine, yards machine. I think he's got over 1,500 yards receiving. Over 10 touchdowns, like he's been balling out, all right? He, he He's having a good year, a great year. He should be an all-pro for sure. Um, because of that, I don't think that Green Bay has any answer for him in the secondary. Um, I think Dallas wins this game easily. Excuse me. I know it's hard to say in a playoff game, a team could win easily. I just don't feel like Green Bay can match up with them offensively. And the Cowboys' defense is predicated on turnovers. Jordan Love in his first playoff game on the road, he's looked good this year. But I feel like the pressure of the youngest team in the NFL playing in the playoffs on the road against an experienced Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, I think there's a little extra juice in this game because Mike McCarthy was fired by this team. I think he motivates them. I think I don't think there needs to be anything said before this game. I think the players understand the magnitude. They want to win this game for Coach Mike, and I think they get it done. So for that reason, I'm taking the Cowboys over the Packers, and I don't think it's going to be particularly close. <laughs> All right? So youngest team in the league, like I said, going away. I don't think it's going to work out. The next game, you got the Rams against the Lions. The Lions are hosting their first playoff game in 30 years. You heard me right. So for my viewers out there, 
if, for those of you old enough to remember Barry Sanders, that's the last time the Lions hosted a playoff game. <laughs> Barry Sanders was playing in it. Emmitt Smith was playing for the Cowboys. Like, this is a long time ago, all right? So congrats to them for winning the North and getting a home playoff game. But I actually call the upset on this one. I got the Rams coming in at the number six spot, going into Detroit and beating the Lions. I think the Lions peaked early, just like the Dolphins. And I think that their season ends at home. We got another reunion. We're going to flip-flop. We got Matt Stafford coming home to Detroit. And then we got Jared Goff playing against his former team in the Rams. The two, two quarterbacks were actually traded for. And now they play each other in the playoffs for the first time in NFL history. I think Stafford goes off in this game. I think that the Rams are focused. I think they're ready. A lot of these playoff matchups are experience versus inexperience. Sometimes that works in your favor when in a one-and-done situation if you're a, a young team because or an inexperienced team because you don't know what you don't know, right? You don't worry about the pressure. You don't worry about the magnitude of the moment. Whereas the veteran teams who lost games and won games, even Super Bowls, they may have in their mind the magnitude of how important the game is, how important the possession is. The Lions might just go out and play free. Like, hell, we at home. We got our fans here. Like, nobody expected us to be here. Let's just go out and ball. But I just feel like the Lions have played their best football already. And the Rams are trending, playing good football. Got a good win against the 49ers, who they cannot beat for some reason ever. <laughs> In the last game of the season, for the regular season, I feel like they take that momentum with them, and they take it to, L they take it to Detroit and win that game. Remember when the Rams won the Super Bowl, they were on the road. I'm not indicating that they're going to win a Super Bowl this year, but what I'm saying is, the Cooper Cups, the Aaron Donalds, the Matt Staffords, the Sean McVay's, like they were on that team, and they knew how important it was to go on the road and win playoff games going to Tampa Bay and beating Tom Brady to get to a Super Bowl. So I think that they will be prepared to win this. Uh, still a lot of Super Bowl champs on that Rams team. A lot of pride there, right? And they probably want to win this game for Stafford. The Lions probably want to win this game for Goff because he feels like he got slighted. Yada, yada, yada. A lot of bullet, bulletin board material. But I think the Rams just play better football in the playoffs and the Rams win. Simple as that. So I think the moment's too big for the Lions. I think the moment is too big for Jared Goff. And I think that Stafford takes it all in. He's healthy. I think they come out and play a great game. Rams win. And then in the last one, we got in the wild card round at NFC, not the last game. But the Eagles, number five, who have been playing terrible over the last month, they've lost five of the last six games. They ain't even limp into the playoffs. They got airlifted into the playoffs. They've been playing so damn bad. So you got them going to Tampa Bay and a division winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers who believes in Mr. Progressive commercial, Baker Mayfield. I got them winning this game. This may seem like an upset to y'all. The Bucs being the four and the Eagles the five. I think the Super Bowl hangover is real and they've shown it over the last month and a half, losing five out of their last six games. So I'm taking the Bucs. I'm probably in the minority in this. I'm taking the Buccaneers to win this game in an upset. I just think the Eagles are out of gas. There is turmoil in the locker room. Nick Sirianni is snapping off on 
the media and AJ Brown's not happy and he's in and he's hurt. Jalen Hurts is hurt. The defense does not look the same as it did last year. They have 30 less sacks than they had last year. They were dominant last year on the defensive line. They look old. Fletcher Cox looks older. They just don't look good. They do not look like a team with an identity anymore. And for that reason, I feel like the Bucs are just going to put them out of their misery. I think it's going to be, if you want to call the 4-5 or five with the 4 winning and upset, because the Eagles are defending NFC champs, I think they're out in the first round. All right. This reminds me a lot about, I'm crossing sports here. This reminds me a lot of Kentucky with John Calipari. Remember the year they went to the national championship? And that next year, they brought all those freshmen back and they just had a disappointing year. They didn't even make it to, they went to the NIT and then they just laid an egg in the NIT. Like the players didn't want to be there. They didn't want to play in the NIT. They felt like they should have been in the tournament. They deserved better because they were Kentucky, but they didn't play good enough. And then they just got rolled in the NIT game. I'm getting the same vibes from the Eagles. I feel like the Eagles feel like they should have been better because they're the Eagles. But I just, that locker room, something's not right in it. And I think the Bucks beat them. I could be wrong. Again, this is all opinionated. That's what this show is. But from what I've been seeing and from what I know of sports and from what I've seen past, teams that look like this going into the playoffs do not have success. You can't turn the light switch on like that especially against a team that believes in their quarterback in Baker Mayfield. The the Bucs believe in them. They're winning games 9-0. They're winning shootouts. Like, they were predicted to be last in the division. They ended up winning the division. I mean, you don't get more belief in a quarterback than that. And I think because of that, and because they're playing flat-out better football, I think they went at home against the Eagles and sent them packing early. So that's where I got. Defense looks good. I just got, I got, I believe in the Bucks for this game. Then we get into the divisional round. So the Rams are going to Dallas. This is a scary game. If you are a Cowboys fan, I would be afraid. I would be nervous. All right. For, for this simple reason. Over the last 30 years, the Cowboys get to this game and they choke. It is what it is, right? Again, the same thing I said in the last segment. Chiefs fans probably don't like to hear it. Cowboys fans might not like to hear it, but you know it's the truth. Some of y'all that are watching the show have not seen your team get past the division round because they haven't done it in 30 years. So I'm not telling you a lie, right? They get to this game and something happens. Dak throws turnovers. Uh, they, they, they can't run the ball. Like There's always something that happens to the Cowboys in this game. And playing against a Rams team that's very confident that they can beat anybody right now, I think it's going to be a good game. That might be the best division around game if it happens. I have the Cowboys winning it, though. I think the Cowboys finally get over the hump and get to an NFC title game to make it to a conference title. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think Dak versus Matthew Stafford. I think it's just bomb after bomb. I think Cooper Cup has a good game. Puka Nakua has a great game. As a rookie wide receiver, C.D. Lamb does his thing. I think it's going to be a great game, all in all. It's going to be one of those last team with the ball wins type of games, and I think Dak pulls it out. Dallas finds a way to win another game 
at home in Jerry World. So I got the Cowboys winning a divisional game against the Rams. Then we got the Bucks going to San Francisco. And I think the buck stops here. <laughs> I think it's over for them. 49ers demolish them. I don't think it's close. I think they beat them down. A lot of rest for them. Maybe Brock Purdy doesn't play a clean game. But I think overall, the 49ers are a better football team, top to bottom. Playing in San Francisco, I call it candlestick because I'm old. I still remember when it was candlestick. I think that they win this game, Levi Stadium. But yeah, I got the 49ers winning this game. All right. Uh, rest it, and that defense does a number on Baker Mayfield. I think this is a game where you see, damn, okay. See why Baker on his fourth team. Like, they just, they do what they do. And every game that Debo Samuel has played in and Trent Williams, they've won, except the one game against the Ravens. They're undefeated when those dudes play. And I think that train keeps going. I think they beat up on the Bucs pretty bad. The Bucs are just going to be outmatched, I think is what it is. Flying across the country, I think they are overmatched and they lose. So that takes us to the NFC title game. And who do we have? We got an old school NFC title game back in the day when the Cowboys and the Niners used to play all the time, it seems, in this game. I got the 49ers winning this. I think they make up for the disappointment in last year's NFC title game against the Eagles. When everybody and their mama got injured at the quarterback position, I thought they was going to bring in Joe Montana in the third quarter. <laughs> it just looked real bad for them. There was no way they could win. Christian McCaffrey was taking snaps. It was crazy. I think that they come in and they win this game. I think they, I think the Niners go to the Super Bowl, nothing, taking nothing against, nothing from the Cowboys, but the Niners have owned the Cowboys the last three games they played, including two playoff games. The Niners have beaten up on them. I don't think anything changes here. Maybe this is a close, more competitive game, but I got the Niners winning it. And because of that, we got the Niners going to the Super Bowl. So let's recap what we got in the NFC. All right. We got the Cowboys at home in a wild card beating the Packers. We got the Rams upsetting the Lions in Detroit. And then we got the Buccaneers upsetting the Eagles, even though they're at home. But everybody probably has the Eagles winning. I believe the Bucs win that game. I think that's a big win for that franchise. And they move forward. It's kind of the Brady era ending and they – feel like they're going to be all right. I think that's a good game for them. Then we get to the division round. Rams go to Dallas. I got Dallas winning that game, getting over the hump finally, and getting to, or the Cowboys winning that game and getting over the hump against the Rams and getting to an NFC title game. And then I got the Niners beating the Tampa Bay Bucks. So in the NFC title game, we got the, uh, the Cowboys versus the Niners. Niners going to the Super Bowl. So you guys let me know what you think, just like the AFC side, the NFC side. I got the Baltimore Ravens, San Francisco 49ers. Looks like we got a rematch from the Super Bowl back in 2013 when the Harbaugh's fought against each other. Let's see if this will be the year of the Harbaugh or will the 49ers get their payback. We'll be right back with the X Factor Sports Podcast. And I tell you who we think will win the Super Bowl. We'll be right back.
get back to it. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast, episode five, the NFL special. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. If you can't catch the shows live, which you should be able to, what are you doing? But if you can't, <laughs> subscribe to all the channels, but you can catch the audio, though. You can always catch the audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and you can catch it on iHeartRadio, the X Factor Sports with a Z podcast. Be sure to check me out. All right, let's get into it. We got our Super Bowl matchup. We have the 49ers and we got the Ravens, all right? The winner of this game, it's a rematch from week 16. We remember what happened in week 16. The Ravens beat them down. The defense was impressive, more so than the offense, I think. And they looked really good. They went on the road and won a big game. I think they, I don't know if they were favored to win it or not, but the Ravens look great. They took over the number one spot in our power rankings here, and they should have took over the number one spot in your rankings if you had some, because they look great all year. Um, this is a rematch from Super Bowl 47, 11 years ago. It was a battle of Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh. It's funny how they, how the world works of sports, right? Here we go full circle. Jim Harbaugh finally gets his national championship at Michigan, his alma mater. And then we had the Harbaugh Bowl, and now we got John Harbaugh back going to the Super Bowl, I predict, against the 49ers again in a rematch. Hopefully the lights don't go out like they did in Super Bowl 47, all right, if you remember that. But I got the Ravens beating the San Francisco 49ers. I think they beat them. In a rematch, I don't think this will be like when the Patriots and the Giants played. If you remember that year when with Randy Moss, this is that 07 year, the Giants and the Patriots played against each other, right, in the regular season. It was like a week 16, week 17 game, and the Patriots beat the Giants. And then they met in the Super Bowl. The Giants came out from a wild card. Eli Manning played great football in the playoffs, led them to a Super Bowl, the, the David Tyree helmet catch that game. They played against each other, and, and a lot of those players alluded to it later on, years later, that, you know, playing against the Patriots in the regular season, we figured some stuff out against them. We watched some film, and we were able to use that when we played them. The Patriots were high-flying, high-scoring team, and I think the end of that game was like 17-14, to 14, Giants. So they they really did figure something out. That needless to say, that's something that you can probably bank on if you're a Niners fan saying we played against the Ravens earlier this year at home. We probably learned something, figured some things out. But like I alluded to earlier, man, I think the Ravens are just on a mission. I think this is a year of the Harbaugh's. I think John Harbaugh wins the Super Bowl, another one. Jim Harbaugh just got his national championship. Lamar Jackson finally gets his respect. He gets to be the Super Bowl MVP. He's going to be league MVP. I think he finally gets his due. None of these teams wanted him in the offseason. Passed on him. From the beginning of his career, everybody's talking about he shouldn't have been a quarterback. Miss D asked me the other day. She said, Jay, what do you like about, what is it about Lamar Jackson you like so much? And I told her, I was like, aside from the skill set and aside from him playing, 
the fact that he had been doubted his whole career and he's been proving everybody wrong. He went to Louisville. Everybody thought he should have been a wide receiver or a running back or some sort of athlete, uh, a skill position. But he said, no, I'm a quarterback. And he proved everybody wrong, won a Heisman. Comes to the NFL. Ah, he should probably play wide receiver. Proved everybody wrong, won an MVP. About to win his second one. So in my opinion, I feel like this is going to all just culminate for him when he holds up that Lombardi. So I got the Ravens for that reason, winning the Super Bowl. I think Odell Beckham gets his second one, and hopefully he doesn't get hurt in this one. But I think the Ravens do it. I just I, I just got a belief in them. Some way, somehow, I think they're, they've been the best team in football. I think the Ravens win the Super Bowl, and Lamar gets the respect he deserves finally. So that's what we have. That's where we're at. The X Factor Sports Podcast, at least, like I said, one half of us is picking the Ravens. During the break, I said, Miss D, you got the 49ers or you got the Ravens winning the Super Bowl? She said the Chiefs. <laughs> so for those of you who know her, she's diehard to the to the bone, man. She ain't wavering. I love her for it. But I think Ravens and Niners go to the Super Bowl, and I got the Ravens winning it. So you guys let me know what you think. Be sure to like, share, subscribe. And remember, you can comment on the bottom. We put your comments up on the screen for everybody to see. Let us know who you think is going to win the Super Bowl. Even if it isn't one of those two teams we picked, you guys let me know. I'll be more than happy to comment through the week and give you all the reasons why I think not or agree with you. So you guys let me know. When we come back, we will get into our two-minute warning. You don't want to miss this. This is about the athletes and their mental health. We'll be right back with the X Factor Sports Podcast. love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast NFL special. Hope you guys had a great time. Hope you enjoyed watching the show, putting your comments on, predicting who you think is going to win the, the Super Bowl this year, even starting this weekend with the wild card round. I'm looking forward to watching these games and talking to you about them next week as we go. But before we get out of here, let's talk about athletes and their mental health. All right. When I heard about John Morant getting hurt again, that made me think about this two minute. Everything he's been through, his fault or not, you know, support or not, as an as a young athlete, he worked really hard to get back on the court. And for it to be taken away from him by doing what it is he loves to do, playing basketball, hurting him, hurting his shoulder, and now having to sit the rest of the year. What does that do to a player's mental state? Does he have support around him? 
Does he have the right people to tell him it's going to be okay? You got to come back stronger. Like, does he have the intestinal fortitude to get back is what this all boils down to. You know, who's going to be looking out for him? It's going to be a tough year for him as it already has been. It's only going to get tougher. As fans, we don't see the, the aftermath of injuries like, a torn labrum, is he going to be able to sleep? Like, who's going to carry bags for him? How's he going to do normal day-to-day stuff? That could wear on a player mentally. So hopefully he's able to overcome that. Then on the other side, we got a player like Draymond Green. Draymond had a 12-game suspension of his doing, rightfully so, for all these mishaps going on in the NBA. Needless of what I say about Draymond being the old dude that's just talking talking trash and fouling everybody, he's still a great NBA player. And now, even in the midst of his 12-game suspension, he was talking about retirement. He's talking to Steve Kerr, Adam Silver, about retiring. So it, it begs me to wonder, what's his mental state? When, when things happen to these players, like what, who are they going to for accountability, like we talked about last week. Who's holding these guys accountable? Where is the support for them mentally? We, You got to understand that athletes are people too, and their mental health is just as important as their physical health on the court for what they bring to the table. So I think Draymond's been going through something for the last two years. I mean, he's hitting players. He's hitting teammates. He's getting suspended left and right. I think he's been going through something personal, mentally, and he may need to find some help. He may need some support other than just coming to the locker room and playing basketball. Are the pressures of the NBA too much for these young players? Everything is sensationalized on social media. You can't walk and chew gun without somebody seeing it. So maybe that's something we need to look into. But check on your people. That's the last thing. That's what I want to end it with. Make sure you're checking on your people, good or bad, and make sure they're in the right mental state. And make sure they're okay. Be there for people if you can. You might be saving somebody's life. This is Jay Mondain of the X Factor Sports Podcast. I appreciate you guys for tuning in this week. Next week, we got more NFL. We'll keep it going. We're going to get into some NBA as well. Some players that we feel like should get all-star nods. We're going to get into that when we come back for episode six. This is Jay Mondain of the X Factor Sports Podcast. Peace.